Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm Dom, if you know me, and I just wanted to kick off by sharing a little photo. Who do you think are these guys in this photo? It is me, yeah. This is me and my dad. It's Father's Day. I thought I should throw a photo in. I know, literally. So, I mean, of all the things, I think one of the first things my dad taught me was probably how to smile, which I think is a, probably a good thing because I still smile to this day. Um, but Tom and Maxine got the ball rolling a little bit, thinking about some of the naughty things you've done when you were younger. But I'd love if you would just take a moment now to try and reflect and think, what are some of the hard kind of lessons that you learned growing up, maybe on the back of your naughty things. This could have been from your father, but let's be honest, our mothers teach us as well, as do our parents. So take a moment now, go to the person next to you, share something that you learned that was difficult growing up. Thank you. Right, I, I can see some of you have managed to come to a close, figured out some of the hard lessons you learned. Another hard lesson I've just been reminded of is my hair will probably look like that soon. Uh, <laughs> but actually, um, may, maybe you discovered some important things that you learned. Some of the things I know that I learned from my dad that were actually really important were um, oh, the importance of eating dinner at the dinner table together, even though I wanted to rush off straight away every time. Uh, learning how to show respect for others, learning how to put God first, um, and even stuff about punishment and justice. And now, I probably learned these in a variety of ways. Some may be great, some not so great, um, but actually, I valued what I learned from my dad. Now, sometimes, I like to picture life as a as kind of some stairs or a mountain or something that we're trying to climb in order to kind of reach those goals that we're setting ahead of us. But actually, especially when I was younger, I usually found myself in this place on the staircase. As some of you will know, was the naughty step. Um, I was told off quite a bit. I wasn't really the most well-behaved child. And actually, what I had to do was you go there, you sit down, and you think about what you've done. And that wasn't just at home. Even at school, I remember a, a difficult time where I... It was my favorite teacher. I really wanted to correct him in some way in his maths to show how clever I was. That was very rude. He sent me out the room, and I still remember it to this day. Um, so it, it did help me to not learn that, how to be rude. But actually, with all of these things, these were things that kind of my different parental figures as I grew up, this is the way that they chose to teach me and discipline me. 
usually through reward or punishment, sometimes out of frustration, impatience with me, because I embarrassed them or disappointed them. But actually, a lot of it didn't seem fair to me, especially when I felt that I'd done nothing wrong. I had three other four or four siblings, and uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of the time it was them. So, the question is, how comfortable are we with the idea of God disciplining us? So, I kind of start with the question, why? Why does God discipline us? When I think of love, which is how we think of God, our loving Father, my first thought does not go straight to discipline. But the writer of Hebrews, he chooses to quote a passage from uh, Proverbs, which is basically a book all about wisdom. And it says this, and I, I'm sorry, I realize the writing's really small afterwards, so I'll read it out anyway. My child, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his child. Now, I was talking to Alinka earlier about this. I don't really use the word chastens. Think of it as to be restrained or held. And actually, further to this, right before, uh, the writer of Hebrews starts with this prelude. It says, And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, and we also clarified earlier in our PF groups that when it uses the word son, it means all of us. It means his children. But actually, I know this is supposed to be an encouraging message, one that shows God's love and acceptance as his children, not one to discourage us, but it still doesn't make this idea of discipline any easier for many of us. Actually, many, if not all of us, have had some very negative experiences of discipline or punishment. It doesn't always feel right. And the ways others have chosen to show discipline has left us hurt and maybe distanced us from them. And Father's Day can be a tough time for many, as well as a time to be grateful for how our fathers have raised us. But actually, a lot of us have grown up with negative experiences of parents. And so how can we understand why a loving God would choose to discipline us when our own understanding of discipline can be so negative? Well, the word discipline can be translated in many different ways, um, as we can see in different translations of the Bible. Um, and it gives us lots of different meanings. But the word disciple, uh, sorry, discipline, it comes from the word disciple, uh, which, as you all know, is used a lot to describe those 12 followers of Jesus who were very close to him and learned a lot from him. And further, the word, if you look at the Latin, uh, comes all the way back to, I'm going to say, deseri or decir, uh, which basically means just to learn. So let us first try and remove the difficult connotations that discipline may mean to us and understand it as learning or training, which is especially more accurate when actually the beginning of this passage that we read, just before that, it talks about running the race set before you and training for that. So it kind of, it stays in that kind of message. So I'm going to read some of the passage again, but it's the message version, which helps, helps unpack us if some of those words were difficult for us to hear. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment. It's training, the normal experience of children. Only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Would you prefer an irresponsible God? 
We respect our parents for training and not spoiling us. So why not embrace God's training so we can truly live? While we were children, our parents did what seemed best to them. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. I'll just repeat that bit. It says, our parents did what seemed best to them, but God knows what is best for us. Our fathers will not always get it right. Our mothers and teachers will not always get it right. They're trying to do what they think is best for us. But we can trust and know that God will always be right and will always get it right because we know that God's love is perfect. And one more point before I move on past the why does God discipline us. Maybe put yourself in Kingston on a busy Saturday night. You pass some strangers who are maybe being rude or a nuisance. And usually, if it's impacting you, you might try and step up and shout at them. Or, most likely to many of us in England, we'll choose not to care and we'll just let them pass us on and go by. Now, if we cared for those people like they were our children, or if they were our children, I'm sure we'd act very differently. We'd want want to teach them to act better because we care about them. And we genuinely want better than for people to act in a way that's rude. The loving thing is to teach and correct, not to ignore. So God rejecting us would be the opposite of discipline. His discipline, it is instead because we are legitimate children that we should expect that loving teaching. So let me just uh, quickly pray before we move on. God, I just want to thank you that you do care for us. Thank you that you know what's best for us. Thank you that you will not give up on us. Lord, please forgive us when we do not model that same attitude and love that Jesus showed us and that when we get it wrong, disciplining out of our own impatience, Lord. But Lord, we just take this time to thank you for those you have put in our lives to teach us, to discipline us, to train us. And Lord, we pray that we would just come to know your discipline more. Amen. So I've spoken about why, which was this lovely slide, and now I'm going to look at the how, which is an interesting one. How does God discipline us? It's a lot more obvious when we talk about how our parents have taught us, but what does that mean for God? Well, I'm going to speak from my own experience and my first encounter with this passage. This is why I'm speaking on it today. I really love this passage. Um, But it was during a time where I quite clearly felt that I was noticing God trying to teach me. Now, I apologize. God gave me this message when I was 18, and my drawing hasn't really improved since. There we go. (laughs) Um, And God is rarely drawn as a stick man, so I apologize for that as well. But actually, I was turning 18, and I was aiming for a lot of things in life uh, that I I was excited for. I wanted to earn more money. I was wanting to find a partner in life. I was wanting to look better and exercise more. And none of these were bad things. But I kept feeling like something was holding me back. And I kept tripping on things. And I wasn't reaching any of these goals that I was aiming for in the way I wanted. And it was painful in that time. Why shouldn't I have the things that I want and felt I needed? Well, God gave me this picture back then. um, And it really helped me understand God's heart because that's not the whole picture that's a bit more what it looked like. And for me, it it gave me this vision of that I have to understand that sometimes I'm going for goals and things that I don't actually know what's ahead and I'm I'm running forward. 
But God knows what's best for me. God knows the dangers that lie ahead. And sometimes this is how we see discipline in our lives, in a way of prevention. We might see that in our parents trying to stop us going out and getting into trouble. And actually, instead, I slowed down and I tried to put God first. I put my efforts into spending time with him and not focusing on other things. And that time, honestly, has truly grown me into the person I still am today. I remember those times fondly where God was just like the focus of every single day. And God really taught me a lot through that time. And reading this passage was encouraging to me, not discouraging. I wasn't thinking that God was punishing me, but teaching and helping me. Now, you could think of a time with your parents that maybe you wanted to go hang out with some questionable friends at a questionable time of night at a questionable location. And it's not that your parents don't want you to have fun, but instead they cared about you and they cared about what you're going to do. It would probably be a loving response to try and stop your child from doing something which you knew was wrong or unwise or dangerous. So that was prevention. And I'm going to expand upon this image that God gave me back then to kind of give you a couple more. And I'm going to keep the theme of peas because it worked. Um, and this is another model for discipline that I found, which was preparation. Again, in this example, we can't see past that first hill, but God can see further. And actually, we won't always know then what God is training or preparing us for, but he has plans for all of us. A, a helpful story that some of you may know is in the Bible, this is the story of David and Goliath, uh, where this young guy confronts a giant warrior. Now, Yes, like I said, you may have heard it before, but did you know that while well, David was younger and a shepherd and trying to look after sheep, that he had to once defend and save his sheep against the lion, uh, and he was able to chase it down and kill it. Now, he rose up to that previous challenge, which was presented before him, and I'm sure God helped him through that. But God would have known the bigger challenge to come that he was preparing him for. Now, how does that translate in our own life? Well, I know for myself, it's a bit of a different example, not quite a lion, but I had opportunities when I was younger of running quiz nights for friends. I was not a confident person, but I took up the challenge. And also, I got to lead uh, small youth group discussion groups uh, during the week. And actually, if I didn't do those things, I would not be able to speak in front of you today. That is the kind of training that God put in me in different ways to prepare me for where I am now, which I'm so thankful for. Now, this is a good time to clarify. Not all the trials that we face in life will be from God for our discipline. We must have prayer and wisdom to understand what is. Because bad and horrible things do happen, and we should not be quick to think that is God's punishment. Instead, however, we do learn, um, which I'm going to share from Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. God will still use the difficult parts of our life to love and teach us, that through experiences, maybe of grief and pain, that through God's help, that we can still learn from them and later know how to love and support others. But let us not think that God is trying to punish us, but instead that God wants to teach us through every situation in life. And finally, I wanted to talk about another method of discipline, which I've called, there's probably more apt names for it, but it began with a P, so I went for persistence. 
And another lovely image of some people climbing up a mountain. Now, you might be able to think of this better as lessons of self-discipline, routines and tools that will aid us in life. Like a father teaching how to properly build a base camp for a healthy mountain climbing experience. Many of us will be able to more relate to this uh, with our parents telling us to brush our teeth over and over, sleep at good hours, wash regularly, not talk to strangers. And similarly, we can learn through God's teachings in the Bible, through other Christians, maybe even through what God speaks through me today. But this is all possible through the Holy Spirit that God has given us to help us to become more like Jesus. In Galatians 5.22, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, if any of those are areas that we are struggling in most, then even more we should be coming to God to ask for his help of the Spirit. So, I've kind of taken us through that why, looked at how, and then the final question I wanted to ask more for ourselves is when. God is not waiting to teach us. In fact, God will be doing this for our whole lives. God's discipline is ready and dished out for his children. But there are two sides to discipline. There is one to teach and one to learn from it. So the real question is when will we choose to accept and recognize the discipline in our lives from our loving father? If we trust that he is loving and that's what's best for us, then hopefully we can listen to what he's saying. So I was going to share that final verse that we read, uh, that Alinka read for us earlier. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So when? Well, we can start whenever. And now is likely the best option if we truly want to live and experience the harvest of righteousness and peace that is spoken of. And it's not easy. It won't be pleasant. For anyone who has been putting hours in revising over the last month and a half, you will know how painful training is. But it's so worth it. I know I'm still on a painful journey of God's discipline. It's difficult a lot of the time. But I can stop and notice what he has already taught me. So excuse me in my boasting. Um, but how to let go of stubbornness. How to control my anger. How to learn from my mistakes. That loving others means putting them above myself. And that I should call upon God when I am in need. God's taught me that time and time again, and I think I've learned it by now. But I also must recognize my shortcomings, where I have turned from God's discipline, choosing what I believe is best, even though deep down I still know God knows best and wants the best for me. So finally, I want to leave us how the passage leaves us, which is an encouragement in our discipline. It says... Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Now, as we climb the kind of steps of life, let us hold on to God's loving teachings, maybe like a bit of a 
banister on a dangerous stairway, which is very needed there. But actually, these are the tools and teachings that God is giving us for so many different reasons that we can grab and hold on to. If we turn to him and learn from his discipline, we will will strengthen our feeble arms and weak knees, and we will produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. Thank you.